Okay, Boker Tov. We are in the Gemara Moed Kut and Gimel Amid Aleph. Yesterday's discussion was regarding why is watering and weeding a field prohibited? What's the malacha? And we said, or or if if someone does it on Shabbos, so is it because of plowing? Is it because of planting? Then we asked the question from uh, uh, a discussion about Shemitah, where there's a discussion if uh, you're not allowed to water during Shemitah. Now, if water is because of, and if it's because, uh, or you're allowed to water, so if water is because of one of the two prohibitions, so why are you allowed to do it? L'chaira, it's an action that you're not allowed to do on Shemitah. So the Gemara gave two answers. Either we say that Shemitah is Terabonon, so the rabbis could decide which prohibitions, or even it's Doiraisa, <clears throat> but the Psukim specifically say that only two Tolados are Aser, and watering is a Tolada, and since a Tolada, it's not Chayef. That's why we said that you could water. So now the Gemara is going to bring a brisa that seems to say that's not so, and that you're not allowed to do it. For Hatanya, oh, that's what Gemara says. I'm sorry, let's back it up. Velo, and it's really so that one's not liable during Shemitah for other tolados, such as the watering. For Hatanya, there's a brisa that goes through a number of cases which says you're not allowed to do it says Sadcha, the Pasuk says, Sadcha lo Sizra, Vacharmacha lo Sizmor. You may not plant your field and you may not prune your vineyard. So, I only know from the Pasuk that you can't plant and you can't prune. Minayin lenichush uleidor ulekisuach. How do I know that weeding? And uprooting, that's one thing. Hoeing and weeding by cutting. How do I know if they're usser? Now the terms nikush and kisuach both refer to weeding a grain field. Nikush, however, refers to pulling up the unwanted plants from the ground together with their roots, whereas kisuach denotes cutting them above the ground, the lazy man's way of doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edud, hoeing, refers to digging under grapevines to loosen the dirt. So how do I know that you can't uh, do that? Talmud Leimar, the Pasuk says, Sodcha lo, karmacha lo. Remember we, we said that the idea of putting the noun before the verb, same idea, your field not and your vineyard not. Which means, no manner of work in your field, and not any kind of work in your vineyard. Same thing as we said yesterday. So we see that all the other works are not allowed. Now, it's interesting, the Bryce is going to continue and pick out a few other activities. It's going to say the same question, the same answer. And the commentators ask, why didn't we just clunk it together in one large statement? You're going to see three separate statements. For example, we now we start a second statement. It's going to say the same thing, just with different activities. Minayin <speaking in Hebrew> 
from where do I learn for a tree, you may not trim its dry branches, nor trim its excess branches, nor support it. How do you know you can't do that during Shemitah? Zimor and Kirsum are identical labors, meaning pruning dry branches. Zimor is the term used with regard to the vineyard, and Kirsum with regard to trees. Zerud is also a form of pruning, but it refers to cutting off both good and bad branches from the tree to reduce an overabundance of branches. Pisug is the propping up of a tree that droops due to being overly supple. Okay, so how do you know you can't do that? Same thing. Talmud Loimar, Pasuk said, Sotcha karma lo. Your field not, your vineyard not. Which implies, Lo not every, any work of your field, and no manner of work in your vineyard. So it's the same thing. So the commentator, why didn't you just clump all six things? And it's going to happen a third time. How do you know that for a tree, you may not mezavlin, fertilize its roots, nor remove stones that are lying on its roots, nor apply dust to cover its exposed roots, nor fumigate it in order to rid it of worms? I know you can't do that. Same drasha. Talmud Loimer, the Pasuk said, Sod chalo, your field no. Karma chalo, your vineyard no. Kalma lacha shebesodcha. All work in the field, lo, you can't do. Kalma malacha shebekarmacha, lo. All work in the vineyards, no. Okay? So it's all coming from the same thing. So why did you make it three separate groups? So the Ritva, the Meforshim explained that maybe he heard them in separate drushes. In this yeshiva, he heard them learn this, these activities. In this yeshiva, the other activities. It could be maybe in those locations, that's where those activities were more commonly needed because maybe the weather was a little different, whatever. But anyway, so I guess he presented it as he heard it. Okay, so far, uh, we seem to say that all these, these types of activities are not allowed. Bryce is still not done. But now it's going to reverse. Now the price could Yochol, I might think also, Lo you may not hoe under the olive trees, nor can you hoe under the grapevines. I think you couldn't do this. I've said so many things you can't do. or you can't fill the cavities under trees with water. Or maybe lo yasa ugios or you can't make ditches around the roots of the grapevines. Talmud loimar says the pasuk sodcha lo sizra your field you shall not sow. Now the question is why did they pick out sodcha lo sizra when we started way earlier? Why does it say that? Oh, so so we're gonna have now an interesting type of drasha. An interesting tripe of drasha coming up. We're going to see all the psukim in a minute. So it says for, for Shemitah, you cannot plant your field. Now, Zriya Bechlal Haisa. Now, sowing was included in the general prohibition against working the field in Shemitah because the Pusset first said, in the seventh year, there shall be a complete rest for the land. So Shemitah starts by saying a general rule. 
there should be a complete rest for the land. So that should include everything. But then we now added, we said, and you can't plant. So why say you can't plant if you already said you have to give rest for the land? If you have to rest the land, it's obviously you can't plant. So now, why did the Torah single out planting to say that not all activities are prohibited, only certain ones? Lahaki shaleha, in order to compare all the other malachas, Lomerlech to teach us, Mazria miyuchedes, just like planting is unique. Why is planting unique? Avoda shebasada usheba kerem. Planting is a work that can be done regardless of a field or a vineyard. As we'll see in a minute, not all agricultural activities that are done for trees are done for vineyards. And not everything that's done for a vineyard is done for trees. But what is? Planting is. You have to plant whatever you're growing in a field. You got to plant a vineyard. You don't have a vineyard. So the Torah singled out an activity that applies to both a field and a vineyard. So that's the type of activity you cannot do. Afkol shehi Okay, so to anything that's a labor which is performed in both a field and a vineyard is prohibited. So the first three groups that we said you couldn't do because they are done both in a field and a vineyard. However, the last group of labors cited above are not performed in both a field and vineyard and are therefore permitted. Let me just finish everything and then you can ask. So this going like Rashi, of this, of, of this is what's going on over here. Uh, one second, I don't want to get everything crazy over here. So now, what do we see? Now, so that's, okay, there's a whole discussion about that Russia, but that's how they're saying it. So now, the above labors which the Brisa permits is hoeing under grapevines, right? It's hoeing under grapevines. So, however, we learned above that hoeing under grapevines is permit, prohibited. So, and Rashi deals with that contradiction. Okay, so it's a whole discussion over there. All right, I don't want to get into all that. So... So what do we see? At any rate, the Brysa lists a lot of toldados that are forbidden. Now, what did we say before? We, yesterday, we ended the class by saying there's t- only two toldados are prohibited, the ones that the Torah mentioned. And that was our answer to the question. Only those two and not anything else. What are you telling me only those two? We listed about 12 other ones that you can't do. So what are you telling me that, uh, those, that only two are prohibited? So Gomorrah right. answers... You know what? There's only two that are biblically prohibited. And the others are what? Midirabonan are only rabbinically prohibited. Ah, you brought psukim? No, ukra asmachtabamahi. Those psukim uh, is, uh, is just a reliance. It's a scriptural allusion. It's not really a specific drush that says it. So biblically, only the four specific activities that were mentioned which was sowing and reaping grain, pruning a grapevine, and picking its fruit. Those are the only four that the Torah mentions. But the others are rabbinic, and that's how we said in the second answer yesterday. 
I this prices are all prohibited. He's saying prohibited rabbinically. I your brought psukim. That was only an asmachta. It wasn't a, a, a clear drush. It was just a hint. Either way, it emerges from the Gemara that only the pruning of grapevines is biblically forbidden during Shemitah. Pruning any other trees, like kirsum in the price, is prohibited only by rabbinic edict. Okay, fine. So the Gemara answered that question that we left up, that we had answered yesterday, and it had this question and gave an answer on that. Fine. Now, we have some side questions on this brysa. The brysa said that hoeing under olive trees is permitted during Shemitah because that's not something that can be done by both types of trees. So Gemara asks a question, This Brisa just told us that hoeing under an olive tree is allowed during Shemitah. Well, wait a minute. But the Pasuk said, clearly, uh, or it's saying, you should say, um, some amended say, Tanya, we learned in a Brisa, whatever. It says, it's a double expression. And on the seventh year, you shall leave it and leave it. Right? Twice. So what is, what's the drasha say? You shall leave it means to refrain from hoeing under olive trees. And refrain from clearing rocks from it. So you see, it's actually forbidden to hoe an olive tree during Shemitah. You're not like the Brisa. More answers, one of these typical agricultural questions. Uh, answers, Amarav Ukabarham, Ukabarham says, There's two types of hoeings performed around olive trees. One is permitted and one is not permitted. Chad one accomplishes the piercing and removal of the excess ground around the trees, and that strengthens the trees. And the other one accomplishes the covering of cracks in the roots and prevents the tree from drying out. Ah, so one's improving it, and one is keeping it away from damage. So avruye ilan osir. So piercing the tree is osir because you're improving the trees. That stume pili shari covering the cracks is allowed because you're keeping the tree from dying. Okay, so we dealt with these technical issues over here. Yeah. Fine. So now the Gemara. Hmm? But still perishing. We keep it from. That's you're allowed to do. But still, it's not forsaking it. How is that not not, not forsaking? No, so so yeah. that that's, that's you, not forsaking. You're preparing to make it technically which would dry you, out. That's not forsaking the land. You're you're for, it means forsaking in in terms of improving it. You have to force, it forsake. Forsake you leave it so you don't improve. Usually a farmer uh, deals with the land to improve it. Sounds like you're taking the Torah doesn't want you to destroy your land. No. Torah understands you're not supposed to make any profit. That's the idea. Let the land lay foul. Usually when you're working on a field, you're trying to make money. Well, what is the Hebrew word for forsake? Because the English word does not make sense to me. Leave it from work. Now, well, what's the certain Hebrew word for forsake? What's the Hebrew word using for forsake? To, to let it go. Let it go. But the rabbis will define what let it go means. Okay. You want to say it means completely let it go. The rabbis are saying that's not what it means. It when you let, double up and you said leave it and forsake it, that's what you would think it would mean, right? So, so okay. that's for other for, for other drushes. 
for other drushes. Okay, now we have a new machlokes. We're, we've now just taken ourselves into Shemitah. We've gone completely out of Cholamoid, and we're sticking with Shemitah now. Okay, now the question is, okay, you're not allowed to plow on Shemitah. We know that. The question now is, do you get... Now, so what is that? It's a negative prohibition. So what's the punishment if you do plow during Shemitah? What would you say the punishment should be? Lashes. Lashes. It's a regular lav, thou shalt not. It would seem that you should get lashes for plowing your field on Shemitah. So Itmar, we learned the following. What if somebody plows during Shemitah? Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Lazar. It's a machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar. Chadom or loika, one says you get lashed. Chadom or loika, one says you do not get lashed. Now they both agree it's forbidden to plow a field. Clearly, it says, clearly, Becharish ubakatsir tishbos. From plowing and harvesting, you shall desist. Okay? So, now this is interesting. That's a positive commandment. It doesn't say thou shalt not. It says you shall desist. You shall, that's said in a positive way. One does not, however, incur lashes for transgressing a positive commandment. The dispute between Rabbi Elchelazer is whether plowing is prohibited also by a negative commandment. In other words, can we fish out of the Torah a negative commandment or not? In other words, from that verse alone, since it's said in the positive, means positively leave it alone. There's two ways you could have said. You could have said, thou shalt not plow. That's not what it said. It said desist. You rest. I want you to rest. It's positive to rest. Okay? So you can't get lashed because of that pasuk. But we don't have any pasuk that clearly says thou shalt not plow. So now the script has been flipped. It seems there's no reason to lash because you don't have a lav. So how do we create a lav? And that's going to be an interesting discussion now because we've had a discussion of uh, concepts in the past of klal uprat uklal. When you have a puzzle that gives a general statement, then a specific statement. So what does the specific statement do? As we'll see. And this becomes a whole big argument. Lema, let's say that this machlokas is contingent upon a statement of They argue whether you want to agree with the rule that Rav Avin said in the name of Rav Eloi. Now, what was the rule he said? He said an extension of a rule that we know. To Omer Rav Avin, Omer Rav Eloi. Rav Avin said in the name of Rav Eloi. If you get a general rule, but it's said as a positive, not as a negative. Uprat, and then the detail following below sase is a negative. We'll explain everything in a minute. So we don't give it the normal rule, ain't done in us all, We don't give it the normal rule of a generalization followed by a specification, followed by a generalization. You only do it if they're all saying the same thing. Thou shalt not general, thou shalt not specific, thou shalt not general. 
But here it doesn't work that way. Now, look, what's going on? So let's take a look. It's a bit of a long footnote here. We have to explain. Let's look at all the psukim over here. The first pasuk about Shemitah says, Ubashana hashvi shaba shabason yelo oritz. In the seven years, okay, there's a general command to let the field rest. Now, that would seem to forbid any work on the field. Okay. This is followed by a negative command. Sod chalo sizra v'char sizmor. Don't plant your fields. Don't prune your vineyards. This is followed by another positive command. It should be a year of rest for the land. So it is general, specific, general. Now, the normal rule is, the normal rule is that when you have a general followed by a specific, followed by a general, this is known as the rule of klal uprat uklal. General, followed by specific, followed by general. So what is that telling us? We only learn what's similar to the specification. That's the general rule. Why did we do that? Because it says in general. I don't know what general means because it means everything. Then it gave a specific. Then it gave another general. So that teaches us that you can only say that what's not allowed, things that are very much like that. That's the general rule. Rav Avon, however, states in Rabbi Lloyd that this rule does not apply where the generalization is started as a positive commandment and the specification as a negative commandment. In that case, we follow another rule of hermeneutics, and it says it's the only example. Klal uprat becomes toned as a klal uprat. Aim b'chlal uprat. It now becomes a generalization followed by specification, and the specification is saying that's it, and nothing else but the specification. Okay. According to Rav Avin, therefore, only those forms of work cited specifically in the verse are forbidden during Shemitah and are only ones liable for lashes, not any other forms like plowing. So again, what was the specification? Only specification was, remember, the generalization was a positive. Okay? Now, if it would have been a negative, then the specific, specific, then anything else that's like it would be usur, and you get lashed for it. But since Rav Avin has this new rule, well, if the beginning is positive and the middle is negative, then it's only these two. Only these two. If it's only these two, then what are you going to get lashed for on Shemitah? Only those two. Planting and pruning. So therefore, if you, if you agree with this statement of Rav Avin, that means you're not going to get lashed for plowing. Because it doesn't say thou shalt not plow. But if you disagree with Ravavin and say, no, anything similar to this you're not allowed to do, then you would get lashed for plowing. So that's what the Gemara thinks. Manda Amar Loka, the one who says you get lashed for plowing, lay slay the Ravavin does not hold a Ravavin's unusual rule that we don't apply that rule of general to specific to include other things. Umanda Amar Loka. The one that says you go it lashed, a slater Rav Avin. See, he does hold a Rav Avin. 
calls, we treat it as a cloud uprat, and only that idea at all. Okay, now, it, uh, so it's a whole machlokas of how he could say that rule he says. That's an issue beyond we're going to get to. So that's the Gemara assumes that that machlokas is dependent on. One rabbi says you get lashed for plowing, one says not. It depends if you hold of this unique way of learning the Pasuk, the way Rav Avin Bar- learns it. If you learn like him, you wouldn't get lashed. If you don't learn like him and say it's the regular klalu prado klal, it's going to include many more things, including klal. That's what Mara thinks that the machlokas depends, you hold, of this ruling of Ravin Amaravi Loy. Now the Gemara says, no, not necessary. You don't have to say that's the machlokas. Lo, no. Could be the Kuli Alma lays later Ravin Amaravi. Maybe nobody holds like Ravin and Amaravi Loy. And therefore, we would apply the rule to include generalities. So now, if we would include generalities, what would we say then? We should get lashed for plowing because the specific was only to say anything like it. Right. And plowing could be like that too. So now we can say the machos a little bit different. Man, the one who says you get lashed, shopper, that's very good because now we're including more than what the specification was. Right. But the question is, why does the other one say you don't get lashed? Man, the one says you don't get lashed, Amrlach, he'll say the following. Michti. Now let's see what the Torah did say you cannot do. You cannot plant. You, you cannot uh, trim. trim. Okay, now. Michti. Zmira bichlal zria. Let's think about this. Pruning, isn't it included in the labor of planting? Isn't it a tolada of planting? Because yes. planting is doing an act that will enable something to grow. So pruning is not an av malacha, it's like a subsidiary of it. It's a, it's a type of enabling the plant to grow. Planting is the common one, the base one, but why am I pruning it? So the thing will grow better. So it's a tolada. And what's the second thing it says? Ubitsira. Bitsira is picking grapes. Now the Torah also said you can't harvest. So it, that's included in harvesting. Harvesting is usually with grains. Plucking off the fruits is the same thing. So why when the Torah lists four activities you can't do on Shemitah, it lists two primary ones and then the subsidiary of those two primary ones. Why do you have to say the subsidiary? If you actually have the primary, what do you have to say the subsidiary? Lamai Hilchasa Kasvina Rachmana. Why did the Torah have to write the sowing and the picking, you know, uh, just write them? Okay, so then when he writes that, uh, so why do you say that? Lameimar, to tell us, Dahani told us who the Machayev, to teach that only these told us one is liable. So not the other ones. Okay, okay. but I told the Achrina lo Machayev. To tell you that other toldos, you're not chayev. Okay? It's not for anything else. So what would that mean? That means, I guess, not anything else. Plowing Plowing else, not not anything else. I guess that's what he's going to learn. To which the Gemara is going to ask a question at. Below, is it really so that you're not liable for other toldos? Now we're going back to that very same price that we started off today with. The very same price, and we're setting up the very same question. Because what did we say? This same line we said at the end of yesterday's class. 
Only for these two toldos and nothing else. The next, I'm going to go fast because it's a repetition we did when we started the class today. You're coming only on these two? Fatanya, whoever Bryce says, now we can go fast. It says, more you shall not sow or your vineyard or, pl- or, or plow, shall, or you shall not prune. Ainly Elaziru of Zimur. I only know sowing and, pro- and pruning. Minayan, how do I know? How do I know you can't do hoeing, hoeing under olive trees and weeding by cutting? Talmud Loimar, it says, Sod your field no. Karma chalo, your field low. They had that before. Lo kamalach shebasad chavalo kamalach shebagarmi. You can't do every action in the field or in the in the vineyard. Exactly, what we start off the class with. Uminayin sheima karshin veimazarzi veimafakskim veilan. And how do you know you can't trim its dry branches, trim its excess branches, nor support it? Talmud Lomer the pasuk again says, sod chalo, karma chalo. All work in the field, no. Any work in the field, no. Again, how do you know you can't fertilize, remove stones, or fumigate the fields? Talmud Lomer says, Any work in the field, no. The Bryce continues. You can't hoe under the grape vines. You can't fill the cavities trees with water. You can't make ditch around the grape vines. No, that we say. Talmud Lomer. You may not plant your field. Planting was in the group. Why to go out? To compare to it. Just like planting is unique, that it's both in the fields and in the vineyards. Everything else that's in the fields as well, that's not, only those and not others. So again, you're seeing that there's more things you can't do. So what's the answer? The same answer we gave before. Those are only rabbinically. But it's all asmacht of alma, it's just an illusion and therefore, it would come out, these are not prohibited, and therefore, according to that opinion, you would not get plowed for lashing. So the question is, do we say this drush or not? It makes a big difference if you get the lashes. Perfect. The end of Gimel Amad Aleph. Good place to stop for the weekend. Focus. Shkayach, everybody.